Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. This morning is part nine of our series, Genuine, a walk through Colossians. And today we're looking at Colossians chapter one, verses one to eleven. Uh, there's so much in this passage, we're going to only, only going to be able to focus on a little bit of it, but I want to welcome you into this passage because I think it will help you. There are some people who think that the Christian life is all about going to church on Sundays. We need to have fellowship in order for our Christian life to grow, but the Christian life is about more than that. Some people think that the Christian life is about being good, and goodness is one of the fruit of the Spirit. But the Christian life is more than that. Some people describe the Christian life as, well, we pray and we read our Bible. And that's what it means to be a Christian. You won't get very far in your Christian life if you don't do those things. But the Christian life is about more than that. Those things support your Christian life, but they do not create what it means for you to be a Christian. In our last sermon, we, we looked at Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 to 23, and we saw how some people saw that behavior was the way to live the Christian life. And of course, we're called to uh, do what is good and right. But we saw that that wasn't it either. I was brought up in a Christian home. I, I gave my heart to Jesus when I was four years old, and I've been walking with him, him ever since. But I've not always known the answer to the question, how do I live the Christian life? I've had this desire ever since I was young to live for Jesus, but, but how do you do that? I was given different answers along the way. Uh, you need to pray more. And then, well, you need to know your Bible better. Uh, you need to be filled with the Spirit. You need to serve others. You need to be whole emotionally. You need to be holy. You need to display the fruit of the Spirit. And as I look back on my life, all those phases were incredibly important for me growing up into Christ. God used them to shape me, but those are only the beginning steps with God. God wants so much more for us than than we at times know. He wants more for us than just what we do. So that's what today's passage of Scripture is about. But before I get there, let me give you just a brief outline of, of some of the beginning stages of the Christian life and what it means to continue to walk with God. Usually as we begin our spiritual journey with Jesus, we, uh, we begin because... Um, well, we want our life to be fulfilled. We want our lifelong desires for security or for significance, for happiness. We want Jesus to meet those. It might be to fix something that's wrong in our life. It might be to escape from hell for some people. It might be uh, a way to find purpose. But you'll notice that oftentimes we begin our spiritual journey and it's all about us. It's all about me. But, you know, we, we have to start somewhere. 
And at the beginning, when we begin with Christ, temptations are rampant and prayer is often random and the world is really important to us. As we move further into our spiritual journey, we, we move into this kind of wilderness. At first it was new and exciting and we were feeling the grace of God and we were seeing answered prayers and then all of a sudden we, we know that God's way is the right way. But the pull of the world is strong. Oftentimes, spiritual warfare rears its ugly head here. And uh, we're fighting with ourselves. We're fighting with the world. We're, we're fighting with the evil one. Our, our faith is deep, deepening, but those pulls are pulling us apart. And our prayers are often focused on telling God what, what he needs to do for us. How he needs to fix the situation. If we have some good discipling, then we're able to learn how to fend off spiritual warfare. We respond, we'll learn to respond to the prompts of God, to pray. We start to see God answer prayer more. We start to see him at work in our lives. But in this step, we, we know God's way is the right way. And if we persevere long enough, and if we speak to the Lord, uh, we, we learn God's will and God's word. And, and we walk into the next stage. At this time, Jesus is just trying to get us to go deeper and become uh, closer to him. As we move into the next stage, we, we attend church regularly. We, we have a consistent prayer life. We uh, we're, have a concerted effort to, to live the Christian life. And at a glance, we're, we're, we're doing well. We're, we have a genuine desire to please God. We've become convinced that, that living life with Jesus is the only way to live. Um, faith becomes a little easier. We discover our spiritual gifts. We uh, discover what it means to minister. And, and that often becomes a significant focus of our life in this stage. Our prayer life deepens, but our prayer life is mainly talking to God. The stage is often about doing the right things and and, and often we get affirmation about doing the right things. And this is where many of us get stuck. After all, if you take a look at our life, looks pretty good outwardly. You know, we're seeing the blessing of God. Uh, we are doing the ministry of God. We, we know how to, to, to live well in this world. And so we're, we're, we're doing that. And a lot of Christians get stuck here. If uh, they were converted as an adult, uh, people usually get to the stage three, five years into their, their Christian journey, and they're doing the right stuff. But what we find is that, yeah, I'm doing the right stuff, but there must be more. There must be something beyond this, but don't really see it. And I'm looking around and, you know, I'm doing what everybody else in church is doing. Today's passage takes us past that stage. It takes us past the place where we focus on outward works and outward blessings to a place where there's an inward sense that, uh, of God's presence. Our attention starts to shift from what we do for God to being with God. Our questions start to change too from how do we live for Jesus to 
How do we how do we be with Jesus for his sake, for our sake, for the sake of the world? And here's where the important shift happens. Our spiritual journey becomes less about what we do and more about who Jesus is. It becomes less about us and more about him. It becomes less about us trying to love God and more about us being in his presence and allowing him to love us. If you find yourself hovering around this stage, then this place in spiritual development, I want you to hear God's voice to you today. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. If you are at the stage in your spiritual journey where your Christian life is all about what you do, you are probably going to misread this passage. Because you'll, you'll, you'll take a look at verse 1 and 2 and it says, set your heart on things above, set your mind on things above, and you're thinking, okay, well, I, I need a change of mindset. I need to, to get a different mindset. And mindset's a powerful thing. And uh, we need to have a, a Christian mindset. A mindset is like when you walk into a room, do you think people are going to like you? Or do you think people are not going to like you? What you think will probably affect how you behave, and how you behave will affect how people respond to you, and our mindset becomes really important. What we think when we walk into a room, and that's just one example. But this passage isn't particularly about mindset, at least not to start with. These, under, these commands come out from what's already been done for you. They come out of who you are in Christ. Now, I, I apologize because in order to explain this passage, I'm going to have to get into uh, some weeds in great detail. And that's great if you're teaching a seminary class, not so good if you're preaching a sermon, but bear with me for, for five minutes as we, as we walk through this passage in detail. Those verses, these verses say something really important about who you are as a Christian. Notice verse 3. It says, you died. When you became a Christian, when you invited Jesus into your life to forgive you of your sin, when you put your faith in him, there's something in you that died. Call that old self. It was the self that lived apart from God. It was the self that took no thought of God. Your old self died. You were crucified with Christ, is what Paul says. And you'll notice in verse 1, it says, and you've been raised with Christ. When you became a Christian, not only did you die, but you were raised with Christ. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. We've been raised with Christ. We've been given a new life. Or as 
Um, the 13th verse uh, of chapter 2 says, God made you alive with Christ. You were raised to new life. Now your heart has been cleansed from sin. Your spirit is connected with God. We looked a little earlier at Christ in you, the hope of glory is what it says in chapter 2. Uh, you have been made a new creation. Something has changed. You died, and now you have been raised with Christ. Trust that you're with me so far. Paul's been talking about this throughout chapter 2 and, and now into chapter 3. So where does that leave us? Verse 3. You died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. If you are a Christian, you may be sitting in a chair watching this video, but in a spiritual sense, your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Jesus is in you, but you are in him, and he is in, in, in the Trinity. Your life is with him in the Trinity. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. You didn't accomplish this. You just received the offer of grace through faith. And God gave you eternal life, a life that starts whenever you receive Jesus into your life. Now let's get a little bit more specific. You're hidden with Christ in God, but, but where, where is Christ? Well, notice verse 1, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So you're hidden with Christ in God, God uh, and, and Christ is right there, right hand of God. So where are you? You're with Christ. Where's Christ? He's with God. He's seated at the right hand of God. If you get what I'm saying, you died, and now you've been made alive with Christ. You're hidden with Christ in God. Christ is at the right hand of God. You're there with him. It is from that position that you can hear the commands of verse 1 and verse 2. Set your heart on things above. Verse 2, set your mind on things above. In other words, set your heart where you are spiritually already located. Set your mind from the position of where you are, not from an earthly perspective. I don't know about you, sometimes I have to, to remind myself to be fully present. Uh, I have the saying that, that, that I tell myself, wherever you are, be all there. Have you ever been in the middle of a conversation, but your mind isn't in that conversation? Wherever you are, be all there. Have you ever been doing one thing, but you're not fully present, your, your mind is on to the next thing? We have this way of focusing on the past or focusing on the future, and we find it hard to stay where we are. Well, what this passage of Scripture is saying is, live out of where you are. Don't get focused on the other stuff. Live out of where you are. So, you're spiritually alive. You're in Christ. You're in God. Live out of that reality. So, Christ is seated at the right hand of God. What do you think... Jesus values when he looks at your life? Well, I, I know that he values his relationship with you. He died for you. He loves you deeply. He values you. That's 
That's what he values. Set your heart on things above. Would you value yourself as Jesus does? What do you think Jesus values in terms of the money you have? Do you think Jesus values the money you have? Well, he knows what you need. He says the Father sees what you need. He knows you need to keep body and soul together. He values that. He values uh, generosity as well. He, he values uh, you doing some things that are, that are good for your mental health. He values all that. But it changes the question in terms of, you know, money I needed for security, money I needed for, for significance to, how does Jesus view my money? Asking for his perspective as you sit with him, as you take time with him, that starts to bring a perspective that, that allows you to walk into what you're created to be. You're not telling him what to do. You're, you're not asking him for spiritual principles. What you're asking for is, Lord, can you show me your heart? Can you show me your perspective? Um, what do you think God's perspective on what happened in London with the hate crime against the Muslim family is? I'm sure that he is grieved and his, his, his heart is hurt. And we, if we start to take on the heart of God, we'll be grieved about the things that we see in the world and we'll take joy about the things that God sees and takes joy in. Taking on God's perspective, setting our heart on things above, setting our mind on things above. Let's go on to the next part of the passage of Scripture. Colossians chapter 3, verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, because of these things the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as, as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with his practices, and you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of the Creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Paul says, verse 5, put to death what belongs to your earthly nature. The word he use, uses here is not the word that he often uses in terms of uh, putting to death, uh, to kill something. What, what he, the word he uses here is, don't feed it. Starve it to death. Don't, don't uh, allow it to have food in order to grow. He, he goes on to then to, to, to mention sexual brokenness. And he says, it shows up in sexual immorality or lusts or evil desires. If you ever try to wrestle with those kind of things, you'll, you'll know that these kind of things are, are difficult to overcome. Paul then goes on to um, 
lists some other sins, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and lying. If you have ever had an issue dealing with, with anger or taming your tongue, you'll know it's really hard to deal with those things. That's why Paul says, stop feeding them. Now, when I was growing up, uh, holiness seemed to be made up of a list of of things you do and things you didn't do. And all these things, they, they would be on the list. And the list was a lot longer of things you didn't do. But in order to be holy, you said stop doing those things if you're doing them. And, you know, if, if lust is your problem or anger is your problem, or, you know, saying wrong things, slandering gossip is your problem, saying stop doing them, it does, it's not that quite that easy, is it? See, if you if you focus on just what's wrong in your life, what you do is you're actually feeding that. It becomes the focus. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And even focusing on that becomes feeding it. Paul's saying, don't feed it. Yeah, okay, yeah, you stay away from it. But the reality of it is you're living raised with Christ. You have life from his perspective. Lean into that and you'll start to starve all these other things. You're going to look at life from Jesus' perspective. You're going to stop feeding the things you're putting off. Colossians chapter 3 verse 9. And do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here there's no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. You're starving the, the old self with its practices. You're taking on the new self, which we'll talk about more next week. But look at what's happening. He says you're being renewed. The image of God in you, which was broken because of sin, is being renewed and you're starting to look more and more like God. As God is good, his goodness is starting to come to the forefront. As God is just, you love justice. As God is holy, you start to lean into holiness. Not because of gritting your teeth and getting it done, but because you are starting to live out of who he is. And it says not only that, you're, you're renewed in the knowledge of the image of your creator. You're starting to see who God is because you've been hanging out with him. You are raised and you are hidden with Christ in God and you've been talking to him and just allowing his perspective to seep into your perspective. And it's become your Christian life has become a lot more about being with God than it is about just doing something for God. It's become a lot more of a relationship of hanging out with God rather than it is as trying to wrestle blessings from God. I started off today asking the question, you know, how do you live for Jesus? And as you start to move forward, you start to find out that, well, maybe that's not the exact question. Maybe the question is, is more, how do we be with Jesus for the sake of for his sake, because, well, he loves to, to be with you. 
And for our sake, because being in his presence changes us. We're being renewed in the knowledge and the image of our creator. How do we be with Jesus for the, for the sake of the world? He transforms us and he allows us to be a presence that, that has a way of transforming the world around us. I started out talking about the stages of spiritual growth. Most of you end up doing a lot of the right things and being involved in the right things and you're doing good stuff. Way to go. That's awesome. God has brought you this far, but I want to tell you that he has more for you. That he wants to develop a, an intimacy between you and him where your heart and his heart beat as one. Where you've just been with him and raised with him. Your life is now hidden with Christ and God. And from that perspective, you view your life, you view your world. And it has a way of changing you. You'll shift from focusing on outward blessings to uh, inward, inner being with Christ. You focus less on getting God to do what you want for you and more about being with him to allow him to speak into your life and allowing him to show you what he wants. He wants to walk into a life that is good and full and true and adventurous. He is with you. He's just with you now. He wants you to walk into this life of fullness and he is with you for eternity. I want to call you to the next stage of spiritual growth. Just being with, having your life uh, hidden with Christ in God and then allowing your heart and what you set your heart on to come out of that position. How you view the world to come out of that position. And as you do, God's going to do something good. Let me pray for you. Lord, for those people who are going farther in their spiritual life, and they have that desire, Lord, would you show them who they are in you? And would you allow them to, to grow up into the fullness of what it means to be seated with you, to be hidden with you, to be right with you in the heavenly realm? Lord, I pray that you would give them the perspective and the heart they need. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.